0: I just want you to know, one, I'm so excited to be with you tonight, and two, that is a perfect example of the last 48 hours for us. I'm not even kidding you. Everything that you see as far as lights and sound that's coming from the stage did not work 48 hours ago, okay? We have had a crew and a few staff people who have given up the last 48 hours to fix everything, uh, reboot, restart the entire system uh, from the ground up. We have some spectacular people on staff here, so give them a round of applause. Thank you. As much as uh, a Satan seems like doesn't want us to celebrate Christmas this year, we're gonna do it anyway. So uh, we have been in a series, if you've been with us uh, for the month of December, called Home for Christmas. And what we've been looking at is this, that Jesus left his eternal home to come make a place and a home with us uh, so that he could be with us forever. And eventually he left us here and went to heaven to prepare for us an eternal home. And so we're going to kind of take a look at all that. If you've not been with us for the whole month, that's okay. We're going to catch you up here in a second. But before we do, please, I'm going to pray because my heart is beating 100 miles an hour now that the fire line went off. So I need to calm myself down a little bit. Let me pray. Jesus, thanks. Thanks for tonight. Thanks for the opportunity it is to worship you and Despite all that has stood in the way, including a fire alarm right before standing up here, Jesus, we want to honor you, and we know that you will be glorified tonight. And so we pray uh, that we might focus our hearts on you for just this little bit of time uh, in your word. Jesus, we, we celebrate this time of year because you came to this earth, because you were born as a baby boy, because you came to us Emmanuel, God with us, and we, we want to give you honor and glory and the praise due to you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Christmas Eve, there's no, uh, there's no secret around here. I love Christmas, okay? Christmas is my favorite time of the year. Christmas Eve might be my favorite moment of the year. And and it's because of my tradition growing up. There's this moment uh, as as a child that I remember more than any other moment, and, and it was it was filled with excitement and glory and all. I mean, when I think about it, it is like the most amazing moment of my childhood. Now you have to understand, I had a long standing tradition on Christmas Eve. My uh, father's parents lived in our hometown. And so our long-standing tradition looked a little bit something like this, Christmas Eve, at some point in the morning, we would go and deliver the the presents that we had over to my grandparents because we had Christmas that night at their house. And it was my favorite thing in all the world to do because I got to see my grandparents before Christmas Eve service. And my grandfather is where I get my love for Christmas. Like we would show up at the house and he would be dancing around the home uh, already. Nobody's even there and he's just dancing around to Christmas music and my grandmother's yelling at him from the kitchen to help and he has no desire to get anything ready because he's just in straight up celebration mode. And uh, I loved it. I love being able to see that side of my grandfather, but that evening was when it all went down. Now you have to understand this too. I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't really know Jesus that well growing up. And so for me, Christmas Eve had one purpose, presence, okay? You laugh, but I'm serious, okay? Like, I was serious about my presents. And I could not wait for that moment in the evening. And, and the thing is, is like there was this long litany of things we had to do on Christmas Eve before we got to presents. So the first being church. Now, I didn't go to church growing up. So it was kind of weird and awkward. And maybe that's true for some of you in here. You're standing, you're singing these songs, and you're like, I don't know what we're singing about. That was me. And now, I loved going to church because you could always find my grandfather. He wore a suit jacket every Christmas Eve that was the exact same color as this tie. This is his tie. Um, and so you could find him as soon as you walked through the doors. And uh, I loved being next to him because he was just giddy and excited. Uh, we would do Christmas Eve service. We'd go back to their house, and we had to eat a meal. Like, why do you need to eat a meal on Christmas Eve, right? As a kid, I was thinking, this is so, such a waste of my time. And so we would sit down, and we'd gather around the table, and we'd eat. And I don't know what it is about Christmas Eve, but my grandfather would be so slow. Like, I counted how many times he would chew before he'd swallow. Like, let's go. We've got things to do, right? Presents to open. And the worst thing was that, like, the, the, the dining room was connected to the living room, and so you could just see them. Right? They're just, like, under the tree haunting me. Like, pick me, open me, I will, you know, like, if he eats fast. And so, like, it was just, it was gruesome. But then it came, then it came. It was the turning point in the evening. It was my favorite moment of Christmas Eve. My grandfather would get up from the dinner table, take his plate to the kitchen, come back into the living room. And this was what signaled that it was game on. He would go over to his record player, get out Bing Crosby's Christmas album and put it on the record player and begin playing it. And he would hand out kazoos to each of us kids. We would march around the living room, whether I was 18 or eight or 38. I'd still do it today if he was here, right? And it was Christmas. Like the presents were next. And I'm not going to lie, like that moment for me was probably even bigger than opening the actual presents. The the anticipation and the celebration and just the joy on my grandfather's face, it was the turning point in our evening. It was the junction where in my mind the the parents' fun ended and the kids just begun. Right? It was the the pivot towards what I've been longing for all day, the presence. And the truth is, is that human history has a turning point just like that. The history of you and I and our world has a pivot, a turning point, a junction just like that. And that's what we're here to celebrate tonight. And so I want to start where we started this series way back in the beginning of December. I want to start in John chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can join me there. If not, you can just listen along. This turning point is described in a couple different places in the Word of God. And we're going to look at two tonight. We're going to start with John and we'll end in Luke. But it says this about that moment. John 1 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believe him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human, and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. It's the moment, it's the turning point when God came to be a part of us, where Jesus left his home to come make a home with us. Now, kids, I need you to get your sheets out, okay? We're gonna, there's going to be some gingerbread pop up as I recap real quick, and you want to pay attention to those, okay? Where is our recap? Can we start at week one in Genesis chapter two? In the beginning, I don't know if you knew this or not, but our salvation story started with a perfect place. We were in the Garden of Eden with God, walking with him in just perfect harmony with him. It was beautiful. It was perfection. In fact, you and I can't even grasp it because we've never experienced something like that. Bless you. It was perfect. It was a beautiful place, beautiful being, I mean, but here's the thing. God said, hey, you can do anything you want in all of this garden except you can't eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. And what did we do? We ate of the tree in the middle of the garden. We broke our first home. Sin entered into the world. And as a result, you and I, we needed to be removed from the Garden of Eden, which meant we were separated in our relationship with God. We had broke our relationship with God. And so week two, we talked about how we really needed someone to help us reconnect to our home somebody had to come someone who was willing to be perfect to live a perfect life because uh, God told us when we sin the result is is death and so therefore we need somebody who hadn't didn't have sin of their own to die for but would come and die for somebody else's sin you and I's we found that answer in Ephesians chapter 2 as we looked at who that was and that was who kids right, it was Jesus Jesus is the one who came to die for you and I and make our relationship with God right again. He healed our relationship between God and us. In week three, we looked at this, that once Jesus left this world, he didn't leave us alone. You see, Jesus knew that we would have a hard time making it through this life, and so he left us a helper, an advocate, a thing called the Holy Spirit. And as a result, now we have this guide to direct us back to home. It's the Holy Spirit. And and tonight what I want to do is I want to end because that's kind of the beginning, a little bit of the middle. And I want to go to the end before we come back to the turning point. Because the end is important for you and I to know. Because we go full circle. We go full circle. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 21. Parents, don't worry This is a good portion of Revelation that you don't have to explain over dinner tonight, okay? I promise. Revelation 21, verse 1 says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. The sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with him. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down. For what I tell you is trustworthy and true he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will freely give from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. You see, the end of our story has already been written. It's already been given to us when we will be with Jesus in an eternal home. You see, Jesus left heaven to come here and make a home with us, ultimately to go and defeat death and secure for us an eternal home. He would be with us forever. I don't know if you understand how significant that is. You have an eternal home in heaven with Jesus because of Jesus. It's what we get to celebrate this time of the year. I love the part in this passage that says, look, God's home is now among his people. Jesus fixed what we had broken in the Garden of Eden. He made everything right again. He made us friends with God once again, and it was all so that you and I could spend eternity in heaven. It's a beautiful salvation story from beginning to end, but here's the truth: that story has a turning point. It has a junction where the everything redirects, it has a a pivot. And everything that had happened before this moment was pointing to and leading up to this moment. And everything that happened after this moment was affected by this moment. We went from AD in time to BC in time. Human history was changed as a result of this one moment, this turning point. It's what you and I celebrate. It's the expectation, the celebration tonight, the anticipation of celebrating Christ's birth once again. And so I want to read this to you tonight the turning point, the pivot. The birth of Jesus, Luke chapter two. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took Mary with him, to whom he was engaged and who who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for him. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as the angel had told them. I was reminded the other night, we had Christmas at my parents' house. It's my kids' grandparents' house. It's much like the Christmas I celebrated. That we long for a moment. And I was reminded because uh, as my dad I sat across from him and went back to get his third plate. My sweet daughter and my sweet niece came over to the couch and so sweetly put their hands or their head and in, in their, you know, in their chin, and they were just staring into his soul as he ate his third plate of food because the anticipation was killing because it was time for presents. And if I'm going to be honest with you, the anticipation is killing me. But not for presence. For an eternal home where there will be no more tears, no more sadness, and no more pain. We have an eternal home. And it's found in Jesus, whom we celebrate tonight, all because baby boy was born.